0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 23. How to stop looking at your phone so much and why it matters. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Do you remember life before smartphones? I'm guessing you do because it wasn't that long ago. It's kind of hard to believe that it's only been about 10 years since the first iPhone was released because now smartphones are just everywhere. For better and for worse, these devices have changed the way that we do life, the way that we work, the way we communicate with others, and the way that we interact or don't interact with the people around us. I remember my first friend who owned an iPhone and I remember it because it was so unusual at the time and it was a little bizarre to me how glued he was to that thing. I mean, he would sometimes even scroll on it while his real-life friends were in the room with him. (laughs) And I'm laughing because that is so normal now. And I'm sad to admit that what seemed bizarre and a little rude to me about eight years ago is now what I catch myself doing. And actually, I probably do it way more often than my friend did and for longer lengths of time because back then, there wasn't even social media. So I'm the first person to admit that I have a problem with this. I am too addicted to my phone and I don't want to be, especially, especially within my role as a mother. It makes me feel a little bit sick when I realize that I'm choosing my phone over interactions with my children. It makes me worried about what I'm modeling for them and it makes me want to change. So you can imagine how excited I was when I found out that one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram has a free seven day course called the Look Up Challenge. It's a series of emails and videos which are quick and easy to watch, but are packed with really practical ideas for how we can put down our phones and engage more with our kids. And this isn't just any old mom who put together this email course. And I'm not knocking that because I'm just any old mom and I started this podcast, but the lookup Challenge was actually put together by Dr. Katie Penry, who is a licensed clinical psychologist who specializes in women and infant mental health. She's also a mother of two young children herself, so she gets it. And she's hilarious, real, crazy smart. And she has the best Southern accent I've ever heard. I can't wait for you to hear from her today. I think you're going to be fascinated by the research that she presents and motivated to change your habits in sustainable ways. So with no further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Katie Penry about how to stop looking at our phones so much and why it matters. Dr. Katie Penry. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello. Hi, Rachel.
0: Hi. I'm so glad we finally connected. We've gone back and forth on social media for quite some time now.
1: I know. I'm such a huge fan of your just practical love for mothers. I oh, think we share that. Yes, I think
0: we do too. <laughs> and I feel like as since I've started following you, I've just been so impressed because you're a young mom like me. Our kids are actually similar ages, But you have this huge body of knowledge about human and social development and the brain. I'm like, this lady is a boss.
1: (laughs) Forget it for (laughs) worse, right? Like whenever you're parenting, you have this, you're kind of always aware of something in the background. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's
0: probably true. But I also just, like, love how you deliver it in such a fun, relatable way. So I'm so excited to have you on. So the
1: Instagram, the Instagram account you're talking about is actually called A Friendly Affair, which is an extension of my website. Yeah. And um, trying to make women engage with their children and really love doing it in really practical ways is a lot of fun for me. So I'm happy that you enjoy it. I always enjoy interacting with you, too, so...
0: Yeah. And you have a lot on there about books, um, which Mm -hmm. I love because I'm a former high school English teacher and how to use books to connect with your little ones. So I love that focus that you have.
1: Right. Like, so if you go to my feed, the 20,000 view, you know, 20,000 foot view looks like it's all about kids lit. But if you get in there, you can see that the reason I'm presenting kids lit again, back to Rachel, your passion was just because I needed to find an easy way to make engagement with your kids really practical. And for me, that was just picture books. Well, I can talk about a picture book mm-hmm. and say, go check this out at your library or purchase it. And here's the questions you can ask in the ways that you can really use this picture book to build empathy or joy or connection. You know, so yeah, I'm happy you enjoy the kids. I've really kind of become passionate about it and fallen in love with kids since starting a friendly affair
0: at first it was
1: just you know a tool but now it's awesome
0: yeah so within that I've heard you talk quite a bit about the importance of putting down our phones and looking up yes and engaging with our little ones and I feel like as moms we kind of know we do know that this is important um and we we have sort of an uneasy feeling like this probably isn't good for my kids when we're on our phones too much, but yes. we don't necessarily know why. And that's why I've loved following you because you have this data and research right. that's made me really get serious about wanting to change my behavior. So I was wondering right. if we could start off by you telling us like, why does this even matter? This is... This is hard work to learn to put down our phones and to kind of go against the cultural norm of always being on our phones and staring at our phones. Why should we do this for our kids?
1: Oh, man. I love this question. This is the question that I'm, I always am like hoping and praying any person will ask me even in the grocery store, because I kind of feel like I could break into song and dance whenever (laughs) I honestly, whenever I hear it, because it is so critical Almost 80% of your child's brain development occurs in the first three years of life. And that development occurs in the context of consistent verbal and nonverbal interaction with your child. Okay. Um, So I look at it like the lookup challenge really is just one of the biggest investments in your child's brain growth, brain growth and development really that you can make. Because your child is actually laying the neurological foundation okay, for empathy, self-esteem, communication, language, all of these things that we really hope and want for our children. So healthy social and emotional development is not just a given. It's not something, like our kid is assuming that we feed them, pretty much going to grow in height, you know? Mm-hmm. But social and emotional development, Development, it's really not that way. And I think that many women, for centuries and centuries and centuries, what our children need is just second nature, right? Uh, it's mutually beneficial. We enjoy looking at our babies in the face. They enjoy looking at us. These are the things that are really, really good for your child, right? Just looking at your baby, okay? Attuning to who they are, what they love, reacting giving them something to react to reacting to what they give you this is a this is a a thing that harvard psychologists call serve and return so critical and it is crazy whenever you really get into the literature that we are having to break down into steps what this looks like right because cell phones have really changed and taken away so much of what is originally instinctual for a woman if she is just not distracted mm yeah
0: so this you know so the key to this uh brain development is looking their care- primary caregiver in the eye I mean that's a hu-
1: yes absolutely it's a huge it is huge so as whenever you're you have a baby right your child is really using your face and this is not a joke to figure out they are a person. So a baby really uses its mother's face to learn that they can regulate their emotions, Mm -hmm. be less distracted, manage their affective experience just from their mother's facial expression and the way that a mother regulates her baby with her face and reactions. That is something that the baby internalizes. Neurological connections are really being made in that eye-to-eye synchronization. Wow. Yeah. So,
0: and like you talked about, um, in all the previous generations, this was so instinctual and uh, but women didn't really have options to distract them from that, like when they're nursing and when they're feeding. Right. But now, right. now so, things are different. Exactly. So
1: Dan- Daniel Stern, he is this incredible um, psychologist, right? He studied how much a baby is actually looking at his mother, and it is like seventy to eighty percent of the time your baby is that your baby is alert, he is looking at you, okay so if you're looking at your phone, not only are you denying your child your gaze that neurological like steroid, okay, you're actually um, modeling something right S- something uh, something kind of confusing for the infant. You know, because this baby is really, really. Let me tell you this, Rachel. This is one of my most favorite facts in the whole world. So, your baby is born able to see the exact distance. So, the bio mom, the distance from the bio mom's eye to nipple. Okay, that distance. So, if it's ten inches for you or ten and a half inches, I don't know what it is. Then that is the. Exact distance that your child is wired to see. Wow. Yeah. Like, in other words, whenever the baby is created, it is created to connect with you in your eyes. Your baby learns that it is seen and seeable while breastfeeding right there.
0: Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. So, obviously, this is extremely important and not. Uh, the focus of your work is with infants, um, because Mm -hmm. so much of that development happens from zero to three years old.
1: Yes. Uh, Yes.
0: But, um, but all of what you teach could really apply to children who are older as well. And that it's so important to give them our faces as well. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. Parents act actually as mirrors for their children. They learn who they are in the reflection of another person's watchful gaze. So, and they're constantly, so you can kind of think of your child really as performing, Mm -hmm. okay, a lot of the time. Their play is a performance. You would never look at your phone during your child's piano recital. But if you go to a playground this afternoon, almost all of the women will be looking at their phone and their children will still be referencing them seven to eight times every five minutes and they will not be receiving a loving witness. Their play is a performance. They are learning that this, that this matters, that I am seeable, that I am worth celebrating. They're developing social skills and self-esteem, self-efficacy. And then as they age, I mean, back to modeling, We are so shocked that our teenagers are really going to their phones to find themselves when we have raised them basically looking at them through a phone. I say, I think I said this a while ago, um, maybe on one of my Insta stories that I had just come back from the park and there was this mother and she was so sweet and really um, enjoying being with her kid. Her kid was really enjoying being with her. The daughter who was maybe two, there's this big slide at my park and I can tell this is like the first time the daughter was really going to get up the gumption and do it. Okay. So the mother pulls out the phone and is going to record it. Okay. And even though the mother is celebrating and attuned to the child's affect, She actually isn't looking at the child in the face and the eyes. She is actually looking at the phone, which is recording the child. Okay. So you can imagine how as this child ages, they're going to kind of wonder if everything worth celebrating about me is in the phone. We can't, we can't keep looking at our kids in their big moments of celebration through our phone and then wonder why our kids are looking at the phone to find themselves. We've taught them that you're here. You're here more than you're with I'm pointing to my my hand like it's a phone. You're in this device more than you're really in this moment with me. Mm -hmm. Okay? Do you see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So yeah, this matters definitely as we age. So another one of the big pushes on a friendly affair that I do every holiday is planning your pictures just saying these are the you know sitting down before an event a birthday holiday and saying these are the pictures that i really want and then i'm going to put my phone away so that you can say okay well i got a picture of each of my kids opening this present i got a picture of all of our family together and i got a picture of them and their new pjs okay so those say those are the really important pictures for you and then you put your phone away so that you can actually provide your children with that loving witness during their moments of celebration and during their memories you are not implanting into them a memory of being watched through a phone during their big moments of celebration. Okay. You know, they are, and and you're freeing them by doing that. You're kind of freeing them to be present in the moment and not going to their phone to find themselves and find themselves celebrating. Mm -hmm.
0: That's such a great practical tip about holidays. And I do want to get more into your practical tips because you have so many, I feel like, That's something else I love about your work is you are like a young, hip mom. (laughs) And (laughs) you're like, um, you use your phone, you know? And you're like,
1: I've heard you say before, anybody
0: who gets rid of a smartphone, like, have they never seen how amazing Snapchat filters are?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And
0: so you're like, you're not saying that. And the way
1: your two-year-old, if if you haven't shown your two-year-old a Snapchat filter, you know what I mean? Like, that is... That is so much fun, okay? Yeah. yeah,
0: so I feel like you're not saying, like, these things are the devil, like, throw them in the trash no. can. No, You have no. such practical ways of controlling it and, and looking up, um, yeah. having a phone, but also giving our kids what they really need. So yeah, let's just start absolutely. in with your first takeaway sure. for how how can we do this? Look up and okay. be more present with our kids.
1: Okay, yes. So going back then, I love what you just said. That is such a great point, and that's a really great jumping off point. So I want to, but I want to say it again. Your phone is not the devil. I feel like you guys need to hear me say it because I just basically told you that you're going to ruin your children if you look at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, your phone is not the devil. In fact, your phone is really a source of good. There are ways that you can really crema- create good community. I mean, the first. Three years of your child's life are very isolating. Am I right? Yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And Instagram. Well, if you, I don't know if you ever surf Instagram uh, like hashtags, Rachel, but you know, get on there like moms <laughs> to moms global or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like all these women just supporting each other. Yes. It's wonderful. So anyway, I'm going to say you need these things, and that's okay to need these things. Let's just figure out how to do it. So my first takeaway is actually. Focus on, rather than minutes and hours, so a lot of people, adults, whenever they set about uh, deciding that they want to do a digital detox, they say, well, I'm only going to look at my phone 30 minutes today, or two hours today, or five minutes an hour, okay? Well, this model really is not effective for adults, and certainly not effective for new mothers and parents that are at home or primary caregivers, Um, Because your child might sleep for two hours and heck, if you've done all all the chores you want to do, then that's two hours that you might be able to make a friend, connect, learn something, study, read something that really brings you joy. So that's okay. The point rather than focusing on minutes and hours is actually to focus on presence and place. So what I want you to do, mamas, right now is think about some tech-free spaces that you can really put a hedge around. I'm not going to use my phone, and I'll give you some, the top three, I would say. I'm not going to use my phone while I'm breastfeeding. I'm not going to use my phone at the dinner table. And I'm not going to use my phone at the park. Great. Just tech-free spaces rather than minutes and hours. So whenever the American Pediatric came out with screen time must be limited because it is not good for a child's brain. That is so true. But adults just tried to adapt that to themselves. Well, screen time isn't impacting your neurology as far as we know, uh, like it does your child. It certainly does impact your child's neurology. They don't need to have um, really the first two years of life. They don't need to have any screen exposure and then very limited for the next two. But um, And then as they age, but for you, uh, we don't need to just adapt that role from the American pediatric, mm-hmm. okay, to parenthood. I mean, that's for children. Dr. Katie Penry, a friendly affair, we are trying to scream from the rooftop, just make some places sacred,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Yeah, I love
0: that. One thing that I've struggled with being a mom of young kids is feeling like there's really no good time to be on my phone, because right. they're so little and they need so much for me. And if I don't want to be on my phone during their alert time, then Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'll only do it when, you know, after they're in bed, but then I'm on my phone during that time when I could be connecting with my husband. So then I'm like, I won't do it then either. And Mm -hmm. then I start to feel like, well, I, I need the phone for this work that I'm doing with my podcast and, um, as well as socially. And so I'm like, so If I'm saying I'll never be on my phone when my kids are awake and aware of me, then when when can I do it? That's not
1: practical either. Yes. So that actually leads into my second takeaway, which is telling your kids why you're on your phone and what you're doing. All righty. So I think that this actually limits... Passive phone use, which is really the problem here, helps you be more intentional and also explains to your kids that I'm using this phone for a reason right now. Mm -hmm. That I'm not choosing something over you, but I do have to work or I have to look up a recipe. Or so, let me tell you, I tell my kids most of the time, Mama's gonna look up, Mama's gonna look at Pinterest for about five minutes. Okay, can y'all go play? I need a recipe, Mm -hmm. like for real. You know, that's probably my most frequent. Um, during after school hours. is So just your second takeaway would definitely be get in the habit of just telling your kid why you're looking at your phone. Mm-hmm. You got to look at your phone while they're alert, especially as they age uh, two and four. I don't know if your kids are three and five. I heard you say that they're about the same age as mine. Like, just tell them, mm, you guys, I have to check my email right now because I'm expecting something or I'm going to look at my phone because... So-and-so just messaged me and we've been playing, we've been trying to get in touch with each other. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, just, just tell them what you're doing.
0: And I also love what you said. It it holds you accountable too, because if you have to say right. it out loud, you're like, I'm going to look at my phone because I'm feeling stressed out and I want to mindlessly surf Instagram <laughs> right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: You're not just, yeah, exactly. Or you're like, I'm going to exactly. check the
0: phone. I don't know why I'm going to check the phone because it's a compulsive habit, you know? So it kind yeah. of yeah. It makes you think about why you're going to do it.
1: Exactly. And you know, really another awesome side effect, this is my favorite thing about it, is that mama, if you take a week, if you just make yourself do this for the week, a week, By the end of that week, every time you look at your phone, you're going to have like a bunch of little buzzards asking you why you're looking at your phone. (laughs) So it's like you're kind of building in this uh, alarm system for yourself. Like if you do fall back into just aimless and mindless engagement. Uh, with your phone during alert time. It's like your kids are like, why are you looking at your phone? Why
0: are you looking at my phone? And then he's like, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> why, why am I looking at your my
0: phone? Okay, I, I love that idea of involving them.
1: And so Okay, so in talking about distractions, that's actually my third takeaway point, which is that you can actually use your phone to prevent distraction, okay, rather than uh, being just a constant source of distraction. So I really hope that all of you guys go to a friendly and click to sign up for the lookup challenge tomorrow. There's so like all of this mm-hmm. is in there plus so much more. And one of the things that I do, which I really can't, I just don't have time to get into exactly how to do it here because I'm not a tech nerd. I mean, I'm just, I can't, but um, in the lookup challenge, I actually show you how to use your phone so that it has, I mean, has like non notification types. Like, do you know that you can, set a calendar in your phone to turn off notifications during certain hours. So if you want to be alert from 3.30 to 5.30 every day with zero notifications, then do you know that you can set your phone to do that for you? That's just like, that's amazing. Or, um, I mean, there's all sorts of different things. You can, if you do need your notifications in some apps, but not others. If you want to go ahead and ask yourself, like there's so much that you can do just in the notification settings of your phone, that really can help you kind of um, diminish some of this, the buzzing, right? Distractions, so it's the you know?
0: the phone itself can help be a tool to be more present,
1: right? You know, like it'll. T- you can even you can even go a step further and putting it into do not disturb mode. I do this a lot, so my phone is set to go into do not disturb mode at three thirty, and what that means is the only person that can call me is the people on my like breakthrough list which is something I can teach you how to set on the in the lookup challenge as well so like my mother um the preschool say like I've let her stay there later or um my husband or something like that Mm -hmm. or if somebody calls me two times in a row it will buzz me and let me know that this is the second time they've called do you want to pick up you
0: know Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's so great. Um, one thing that you say in the lookup challenge that I thought was really interesting was um, that people will sometimes say, well, what if someone needs me? Yes. Um, and from a psychologist standpoint, I loved what you <laughs> pointed out about that question. So explain <laughs> that to us.
1: Yeah. So I said, so whenever I tell people, why don't you put your phone on? Do not disturb during these hours they always say, well, what if somebody needs me? And my question then is, well, what if somebody doesn't? <sighs> <laughs> yeah, like I think that we want to believe that we're really more, more central and more important than we are, right? Sometimes right. I think that that's part of it and um, not, not being needed, not being seen. Again, we are kind of caught in a loop of trying to find a way to be seen because of the way our phones have kind of, Shaped the world, right? And and you know if you're not if you're not needed during those hours, that's okay. You're still seen. You're still lovable. You're still wonderful. You know.
0: Well, and the thing that that question got me thinking about is, well, who really needs me? Yeah. These 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 kids that are here in front of me. Exactly.
1: And who exactly?
0: You know, like what if someone needs me? Well, someone does need me, and they're right here. (laughs) Yes. You know? Um so that's a powerful question, I think, to ask yourself. And and it's all still there. Like if you miss a call, if you miss a text, if you it's all stored in your phone. You can get to it later.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. It's not like it's not like it just goes away.
0: So there's probably some moms out there that are feeling some guilt about how they've done things with their children in the last I mean, the good news is, is that it hasn't been that long that phones have been around. So That's right. we have a chance to change the way this is going in our culture, in our society. But if there's a mom listening and she's thinking, I looked at my phone every time that I nursed mm-hmm. or I, you know, I'm and they're worrying that they ruined their child mm-hmm. or, you know, what would you say to those moms who may be feeling a little bit of guilt as they hear this? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that that is a problem. I know it is. and um, I would tell you that you have not ruined your child, that you can do the work. Start now, put your phone down, look at your kid in the eye, start reading to them more. I mean, when was the last time I, I, I hear this a lot from people who take the look up challenge. I actually hadn't really looked at my kid in the eye, like made eye contact with them in a while. You know? Mm-hmm. And so just start, just start doing it. You haven't ruined your kid. Children are incredibly resilient. I had a child client who actually had a lobe ectomy at six years old, like had half of his brain removed. And that kid by eight was pretty much normal. I mean, a child's brain is bananas resilient constantly making connections. So sure, after three, that connectivity is slowing down and you might have to kind of double up some of your efforts, but you certainly haven't ruined them. There is no reason for you to feel shame. You're here now. You're listening to this awesome podcast. You want to be a great mom. So just, and you have everything you need to do it. So just do it.
0: Great. And and as a reminder, what are those three practical steps steps that they can take this week or takeaways that they can do to start looking up and being more present with their kids.
1: So set some sacred spaces and places. Just let go of the minutes and hours paradigm. Tell your kids what you're doing when you're looking at your phone and get in there and examine your notifications. Is there something you can do to kind of set some do not disturb hours and help that phone work for you?
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Penry. We're so, so grateful that someone with so much knowledge and educational, impressive educational background would come on and teach us. And hopefully we can have you come back another time and talk about other aspects of the parent baby relationship, parent child relationship. Yes. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks, Rachel. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. You guys, this is awesome. I hope I haven't uh, been too distracting with my Southern drawl.
0: No, I love your Southern drawl. <laughs> <girl. laughs> I have to say, I've never met anyone from Alabama. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yes. And my favorite book is To Kill a Mockingbird, as you know.
1: <gasps> oh, yes. Yes, and we've you, talked about it. <laughs> yes,
0: you sent me the children's, you sent me the link to the children's book about To Kill a Mockingbird, which we immediately ordered. And it's one of my kids' favorite books now. Really? So, Alabama yes. Spitfire? That one? Yes.
1: I love it too. So,
0: okay. Well, thanks so much for coming on. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay, everybody. If you liked what you heard here and you're feeling inspired, I hope that you will head over right now to Dr. Katie Penry's website, afriendlyaffair.com, and sign up for the Lookup Challenge, which is just a seven-day email course with some videos to just give you more ideas, and it doesn't take very much time every day, just a couple of minutes. The link to her website and to that challenge is in the show notes for this episode, and it's also on my website, 3in30podcast.com. I wanted to leave you with some final thoughts from Dr. Katie Penry. After our interview, I couldn't stop thinking about what she taught, and I texted her with a follow-up question. I asked, is it okay if people like listen to podcasts or do things audio while they're feeding their babies as long as their babies have their eyes? And she responded and said, yes, that is a great option as long as you are not so into your podcast that you're ignoring your baby. (laughs) So she said that the key is always to be attuning to the baby and reacting when they react, smiling at them, cooing when they coo, that sort of thing to help them to recognize that they're seeable and seen and to develop those neurological connections. Um, Another thing that I've learned from her that I loved that I wanted to share is she says, like at the park, if you choose not to be on your phone and to watch your kid playing, she recognizes that that's super boring. (laughs) Or if you're feeding and choosing not to do anything, you might be bored. So she has like a hashtag and a funny little phrase that she says, bored and proud. So (laughs) you can... Use that mantra with pride if you choose to do this lookup challenge. When you're sitting at the playground feeling a little dull, you can think to yourself, I am bored and proud because I'm doing this for my kids. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. And I hope that you'll go check out those additional resources on afriendlyaffair.com and 3in30podcast.com. So look your kids in the eye this week, and we hope that you have a great week with your family.